Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 94 of Benny in the Booth podcast. Thank you so much for the support to this point. I very much do appreciate it. Uh, we have the Immaculate Greer right in front of me. We've got an early weekly recap. We've got crazy NFL week three recap with week four predictions. We've got college football week four recap with week five preview, which really outside of one game, there's not much to talk about with college football. So let's get right into it. So Immaculate Grid for those on audio and cannot visually see the grid. Uh, Yankees, Diamondbacks, and Rookie of the Year award winner is the top row and the bottom row. Bottom is are going is across. Going down is or Baltimore Orioles, San Francisco Giants, and Kansas City Royals. All right, so um, Baltimore, New York. First person that comes to mind is Mike Mussina. But it might be too obvious of an answer. Is there anyone else that would come to mind when I think New York and Baltimore? Um, Wells might have put too much risk. Albert Bell, no. Uh, Murray, no. Griffey, no. Eric Davis, no. Um... Cal, no. Weeders, no. I like thinking through a whole bunch of Orioles teams. Mancini, no. Uh, you know, I'm going to go move Cena because I, I just realized it might be a more obvious answer. And I might be wrong. More obvious answer might be Hicks, but maybe not. Okay. Um, New York, San Francisco. Um, oh, Penny Lofton, part of the 04 Yankees and 02 Giants for half a year. Uh, Yankees, Royals, Billy Butler played at the end of his career with the Yankees. That's 2%. That's another good find. Okay. Baltimore, Arizona. Roberto Almar played like a random play a year with Arizona. 3%. Okay. Arizona, San Francisco. Steve Finley comes to mind. Played like one year, then was like a year or two, and then was career with San Francisco. 4%. That's a good find. Okay. Uh, Arizona, Kansas City. Greg Holland comes to mind. Two percent. Okay, now we get to where it might have some struggling. San Francisco Rookie of the Year. I don't know anyone else besides Buster Posey, so I'm just going to use Buster Posey. High percentage, seventy-three, of course. Um, Kansas City. I feel like there's a chance Granky did, and like that's the only answer I come up with. And then again, maybe not. Because here's the thing with, like, rookie of the years. Like, their guys have had a lot of good rookie years, but yet don't win the award. Do I just go with Granky? Like it. And it did not work out. I'm going to try a guess for Baltimore. My one guess would be Cal Rookin. 
And okay, at least that was right. Uh, 297 was my rarity score. 78% it was his uh, score. Uh, let's see what else. Okay, Mike Mucina actually was the top answer for New York Baltimore. Interesting. Oh, Adam Jones. That's, I mean, that was a high rarity score, 26, but that's dumb. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr., rookie of the year, of course, highest. Beltron for Royals, that makes sense. Carlos Rodon for Yankees, Giants, Madison Bumgarner for Arizona, San Francisco, Buster Posey, Giants, Rookie of the Year, Kansas City, New York, Rolls Chapman, Kansas City, Arizona, Zach Greinke, and then Carlos Beltran uh, for Kansas City, Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm curious to see some of these other Rookie of the Year winners for other teams. For these teams, besides either what I put or what I didn't put, um, let's start with Kansas City. They have the least, they only have four. Kansas City, Ingo Barraw, who I have like never heard of, Carlos Beltran, Bob Hamlin, who I've never heard of. And Lou Pinella, who I've heard of by not nope, was part of the Kansas City Royals. Huh. Learn something new every day. Um, San Francisco Giants. So other than Buster Posey. John Mentefusto. Never heard of him. Gary Matthews. I know hardly, but I didn't even know it was a San Francisco Giant. Willie McCovey. Okay, touche. You got me there. And Orlando Cepeda. Wow, they had back-to-back first baseman rookie of the years. <laughs> and then the other one was Baltimore. Greg Olson, never heard of. Cal Ripken. Eddie Murray, heard of. Did not know who won rookie of the year. Al Bumbry, who've not really heard of him. Kurt Bluffray, never heard of him. Ron Hansen, never heard of him. And that's it. So a lot of answers I've not heard of for a lot of these, which honestly kind of makes sense. Like, that's, like, how a lot of it works a lot of time. But, yes, yeah, so that was immaculate grade. Uh, let's get right into NFL. What a week we've got to unravel. I... Uh, did not really watch any NFL this week due to it was a holiday. And all the games Israel time started uh, before I could even start watching any of the games. Whereas America, he had a few hours before the holiday. Here it was like 8 p.m. already. I was into the fast day already by a few hours. Um, well, what a week we had. Craziness of NFL, like all around. Surprising results, crazy stuff from crazy games. Just mind-blowing week with a lot of things that unfolded. Uh, started off, the Colts beat the Ravens 22-19 in overtime, led by Matt Gay, who kicked a 54-53-53 and a game-winning 53-yard field goal for Indy in the win. A.K.A. hit 450-plus-yard field goals in the win. Also, key parts of this game, and I watched the highlights from this game, Baltimore had so many chances to win this game before and even in overtime that, like, 
I kind of it kind of made me a bit more relaxed for the game next week where they're playing Cleveland, and we'll get to Cleveland's result literally in a moment. But you, with how many times they got an opportunity to win the game, you got to take advantage. I am sorry, but the fact that they didn't take advantage with how many times they got a chance to score at least a touchdown or a field goal, whether before or in overtime, is just kind of sad and just not a good sign for Baltimore. I mean, it doesn't change the fact it's going to be a whole kick-and-butt test for Cleveland against Baltimore, but, boy, that's a big blow to Baltimore that they couldn't take advantage of a huge gifted situation, and they blew it. Um, anyways, moving on, the Browns-Titans game. I will admit, like, I was when I said Browns win, I wasn't thinking it was going to be a blow. I would think close game – Hopefully Henry doesn't do much. Maybe he like does a little. Twenty-seven to three. My mouth, not literally, but figuratively, dropped to the floor when I saw the score. I was like, "What?" And the biggest headline of this stat, of this game, is Derrick Henry only had eleven carries for twenty yards. That is not a good day for Derrick Henry. And also, Tennessee only had three points. And 94 total yards, also five sacks. The defense was literally all over Tennessee. Uh, Watson has best game thrown for two touchdowns. Jerome Ford had a touchdown on each side. And what's funny is actually, and if I'm going to try to pull up this picture, uh, I think it was Jerome Ford's receiving touchdown, which came first. Uh, they, like, CBS will show a graphic, like, touchdown the player who got it. But instead of it showing touchdown Jerome Ford, which would have been the right uh, player. They showed the wrong player and on the wrong side of the wrong side of the football. Here, instead of it being Jerome Ford, I might not be able to see it because I blurred the background. By the way, this is still the same place where I was previous episodes, just different uh, room. I'll unblur it for a moment. Uh, here we go. It reads touchdown Sioni Taki Taki, which I just was laughing when I saw that. They ended up fixing it, I think, but still, it's just hilarious how they make that mistake. Like, wrong player, wrong side of the ball of the player, and it's just hilarious. Uh, but Browns kicked the Titans 27 to 3, and just crazy. Uh, their defense is definitely. One of the best defenses I've seen for the Browns in a long time. But their true tests are – I'm not really going to give judgment towards Watson, the offense, and even some of the defense until this week against Baltimore and then two weeks because they have a bye after the Ravens game at home, both games at home, and then the next one after the Ravens in two weeks – against San Francisco. Those two games will truly give me a vision of what this year is going to look like. But until then, I'm not giving a full proper judgment. Anyway, so the Texans beat the Jaguars 37-17, including Andrew Beck, 85 or 90-yard kick return touchdown after muffling the kickoff at first in a huge part of the Texans win. Uh, This was all Texans in this game, and hopefully Jacksonville bounces back for their sake. Miami beats Denver. That's not the crazy part of that game. 70 to 20. Yes, you heard me right. Seven 
zero, not one seven seven zero two two zero seventy twenty. This was a like it, it, the Broncos didn't have anything except like a kick return touchdown. That's all they had the entire game. That really they had the entire game. Wilson sucked. Their offense sucked, and it was all. Dolphins on the back of Raheem Moster, 13 carries, 82 yards, three touchdowns, one catch, 68 yards, and touchdown. And a running back I had never heard of prior today or this week, Devon Akane, or Shawnee, or I don't know how to pronounce it, 18 carries, 203 yards, two touchdowns, four catches, 30 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, and that's what led them to the utter domination of the Broncos. The Green Bay Packers in their home opener came back from down 17 to nothing, went to beat the Saints, sealed by a group missed 60-46 yard field goal. It's also their 11th straight home opener win, uh, which is crazy to be saying. Uh, Rashid Shahid, though, for the Saints, did have a 76-yard kick return touchdown, part of the two touchdowns they did get in this game. And then Arizona beat Dallas 28 to 16. There's nothing really to explain about that game. It was just Arizona dominated pretty much. That is the game for the recap. I thought before I looked at my prediction record that I did bad. I actually had a good week. I went 10 and 6, and my prediction record this year so far is 26 and 22. Standings update AFC for the AFC East. The Dolphins are in first place at 3 0, followed by the Bills at 2 1, followed by the Patriots at 1 2, and the Jets at 1 2. AFC North. <clears throat> Three-way tie for first, which will probably will be definitely be changing to some extent this week. Between the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns, all at two and one, followed by the Bengals, who are one two. AFC, AFC South, Bengals beat the Rams, but it wasn't like there's not much to talk about from that game. AFC South, Colts in first place, two and one, followed by everyone else: Texans, Jaguars, and Titans at one and two. AFC West, Chiefs in first place at 2-1, followed by the 1-2 Raiders and Chargers, followed by the own three Broncos. That's for the AFC. For the NFC, with the NFC East, Philly in first place 3-0, followed by the 2-1 Cowboys and Commanders, followed by the 1-2 Cow Giants. NFC North, the Packers and Lions both in for time for first at 2-1, followed by the own three Vikings and Bears. AFC South, the Saints and the Falcons, Saints, and Buccaneers are all tied for first at 2-1, followed by the own three Panthers. And then the NFC West, the 49ers are 3-0, followed by the 2-1 Seahawks, followed by the 1-2 Rams and 1-2 Cardinals. That is the standings update. Week four predictions. There are a whole bunch of games that, like, it took me on a spin trying to make predictions for this week. Thursday night, a big one. The first... Tied for first place in the NFC North, go head-to-head in Green Bay between the Lions and the Packers Thursday night. Uh, I have, And I think Detroit's going to win this game. Our first London game this year, Sunday, 9.30 a.m. on ESPN Plus and on Disney Plus, where they'll be having a Toy Story version of the game between the Falcons and the Jaguars. I have Jacksonville bouncing back and winning this week. My... Atlanta got dominated by Detroit. Miami and Buffalo. Buffalo dominated the Commanders this week. This is a tough game to predict because it's like, on one hand, the Bills are coming off domination. But on the other hand, the Dolphins are, like put up a whole big, like bold statement. And like if I'm the Bills, I'm scared going into this game. 
come facing team coming off scoring 70 points. I predict the Dolphins because I think they're right now the hotter team, even if it might not be against the best competition, but we'll see what happens. Vikings at Panthers. I have the Vikings. Broncos at Bears. Battle of own three teams. I have the Bears. Ravens at Browns. I have the Browns, and that's even with biasy aside. I have, I think they can win this game. Steelers at Texans. I have the Steelers. Rams at Colts. I have the Rams. Buccaneers at Saints. I have the Saints. Oh, yeah, by the way, for the Saints, uh, Drew, Derek Carr went down with the injury. James Winston replaced him in the game. Commanders at Eagles, I have the Eagles. Bengals at Titans, I have the Bengals. Raiders at Chargers, I have the Chargers. Patriots at Cowboys, I have the Cowboys bouncing back. Cardinals at 49ers, I have the 49ers. Chiefs at Jets, I have the Chiefs. That is Sunday night football and Monday night football. Just one Monday night game this week. Seahawks at Giants. I have the Seahawks. So that is the NFL part of the re- episode recap. Let's get time into college football, which there's not much. There's, I mean, there were like a few things interesting, but not much. Um, Florida State, Clemson. Clemson uh, had a lead at one point. What even they blew opportunities to win this game. But Florida State barely escaped with the win, 31-24 in overtime. Number 10, Oregon whooped number 19, Colorado, 42-6. And we even whooped as an understatement. They, it was utter domination. Like, it was not a close game. Um, <laughs> number 21, Washington State upset number 14, Oregon State, 3-8-3-5. Uh, hold on one second. And then Ohio State Notre Dame. I watched it. I stayed up to watch this game. This game was crazy. Uh, it was 0 0 at the end of one, which if you would have told me that before the game, I would not have believed it. Uh, Ohio State gets on the board first with field goal before halftime, and it was 3 0 at half. Um, hold on one second. Oh, hold on. I just realized something. Colorado isn't even ranked this week after their embarrassment by uh, to Oregon. Oh, no, yes. Sorry. So, second half, the Notre Dame gets the ball first. They get a bit of a drive. Forced to a fourth down. You think, okay, they're going to punt it. Or like, might have been field goal, but whatever it was. No, I think punt because – First quarter, they had a chance to go for a field goal. Instead, went for it and failed. This time, they could have punted but went for it and failed. What does Ohio State do immediately on the first play they get of the second half? Sorry about that. Travion Henderson, 61-yard touchdown to give Ohio State a 10 to nothing lead, which I was like, well, that could be all she wrote. Well, it wasn't. Notre Dame would come back to score 14 unanswered points making it a 14-10 game. Ohio State would get the ball back, get it to around four minutes left on a fourth down, and would fail to convert. And I honestly, at that point, was almost ready to say ball game, but I wasn't for sure. Ohio State ended up getting the ball back, even with Notre Dame getting two first downs. Uh, they would get the ball back with a minute 26 left and a timeout. 
would convert a third 19 to get him in uh, within the red zone, and with uh, with three seconds left on third down, would convert a chip train run, uh, one yard run for the touchdown that would give Ohio State the lead. And first, that was ruled to be game over, and Ohio State won. Except they ended up giving a second back. Notre Dame did nothing with it except a failed lateral that ended on a uh, uh, that was penalized anyways for legal forward pass, and Ohio State barely won this game, 17-14. Now, also what was big with the extra second added, it allowed Ohio State to go kick the extra point, which, with making the extra point, they actually covered the line, which was two and a half going to the game, and they won by three, so they covered it. So kind of funny how that worked out. Uh, but that's it for college football recap from this week. Ohio State is unbiased. They do not have a game. Key games to keep an eye out for. Number 10, Utah. Number 19, Oregon State. 9 p.m. on uh, Friday on FS1. Number 5, USC at number at, – Colorado now on rank, 12 p.m. on Fox. Number 13, LSU. Number 28, Ole Miss, 6 p.m. on ESPN. And number 11, Notre Dame at number 17, Duke, 7.30 on ABC. That is also where college game day is going to be uh, this week. And that is the, it for college football. Uh, now to MLB Weekly Recap, which there were some division um, division uh, standings wrapped up. Uh, no, no one else has clinched a playoff spot, really. Well, one – Oh, wild card wise, there was a division team that clinched playoff spot, but did not has not clinched the division. So let's get right into it. Todd Cropley records first major league hit and in major league debut via eighth inning single, who's former bullpen catcher in the Royals seven six win over the Guardians. Eighth eight run eighth, including Alexander Canario grand slam homer for first major league homer in the same game where he got first major league hit and RBI via sixth inning RBI double and a fourteen one Cubs win over the Pirates. They lost that series sadly. Austin Hayes, two more game in the Orioles, 9-5 win over the Astros. The Astros have struggled recently and are not even in first place anymore. Six run second lead, the Rangers over the Red Sox, 15-5. With stolen base in first inning, Corbin Carroll became the first rookie to record 25 homer, 50 stolen base season, and Diamondback 7-1 win over the Giants. Brandon Drury, two more game, leads the Angels over the Rays, 8-3. Mark Vientos, two more game, leads the Mets. Over the Marlins, 8-3. Tyrone Taylor, two more game leads. Brewers over the Cardinals, 8-2. Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, both catcher primary catcher prospects for the Pirates. Uh, Homer in the same game. Uh, and the Pirates, 7-5 win over the Reds. 12-run second leads Brewers to one to magic number being one from clinching division and clinching playoff spot, which, spoiler alert, they have not clinched the division yet which is crazy saying because they that playoff spot clinch was on Friday and we are already on Tuesday and they haven't clinched the division yet and they face the Cubs this weekend, so we'll see what happens. With leadoff home run, Ronald Cooney Jr. is officially in the 40-40 home club in Atlanta and Braves 9-6 win over the Nationals. Aaron Judge through more game leads the Yankees over the Diamondbacks 7-1. Four-run seventh leads twin to 8-6 win over the Angels and clinching the AL Central title for the first time since 2020. With Josh Lowe, Army I single – or sorry – since 2019, no, 2020. Uh, Rays clinched top AL wildcard spot in 7-6 win over the Blue Jays. Pirates down 9-0 in the third, come all the way back, scoring 13 unanswered runs and 13-12 win over the Reds. Kershaw with five scoreless innings and getting the W in his 210th 
is his 210th career W, passing Don Drysdale for second, only behind Don Sonny with 233, all with as only with the Dodgers, I think specifically, and a 7 0 win over the Giants. This also clinches first round bye for the Dodgers with 5 1 Orioles win over the Guardians at Cleveland. Baltimore is now AL best 52 and 29 on the road, as most in Baltimore history on the road since 1997. John Burrie, two-homer game, leads the Marlins over the Brewers 6-1. Nelson Laskis, two-homer game, leads the Royals over the Astros 6-5, which is painful to be seeing as a Cubs fan. Part of the Jose Quas trade, which has been mediocre for the Cubs. And with a 2-0 Tigers win over the A's in Oakland, Detroit is over 500 win percentage on the road for the first time since 2016. And that's it for the games part of this of the recap. Standings update. I'm going to be going over Ale Central for the last time. I'm not going to be going over their standings anymore from here on out because they've clinched division uh, after this episode. Ale East. Orioles in first place, 97-54. Their magic number to clinching the division is four wins or raise losses. Rays are 95-62, and 62, two and a half games back, but they have clinched top wildcard spot and a playoff spot. Twins won the division. They are 83-73 and 73 at the moment. Rain AL Wet, that's for the AL Central. For the AL West, the Rangers are now in first place at 88 and 68. Their magic number clinching division is four, followed by the Astros, who are two and a half back at 86 and 71, followed by the Mariners, who are aimed four and 72, four games back. For the NL Central, and then for the NL Central, Brewers having clinched a playoff spot, 88 and 68. Their magic numbers to win the division is one win or Cubs loss. Cubs are six games back at 82 and 74. Why do I feel like that might not even be accurate? Hold on, and that's it for the division state part of the recap standings. Is that accurate? Maybe actually. <laughs> Yeah, it is six. Never mind. I don't know. Um, and then for the AL wild card standings, Rays are nine and a half games up, but their spot is sealed in A, being in the playoffs, and B, uh, where uh, they're going to be the top wild card seed in the American League, followed by the Blue Jays, who are A769, a game and a half back, followed by the Ashers, who are no game or or game and a half up, sorry. Followed by the Astros are just neutral, and their magic number to clinching playoff spot is five. Followed by the Mariners, who are 84 and 72, a game and a half back. Everyone else is officially eliminated from the playoffs. For that NL wild card, the Phillies in first place, 87 69, five games up, followed by the Diamondbacks and Cubs, both at 82 and 74, both in tied for second place at the moment. The magic number to clinching playoff spot for the Cubs, who are third at the moment because they don't have the tiebreaker over Arizona, is six. Followed by the Marlins, who are 81 75, a game back. Followed by the Reds, who are 80 and 77, two and a half games back. Followed by the Giants, 70 and 79, four and a half games back. Followed by the Padres, 77 and 88, five and a half games back. Then, as for today's schedule, the Dodgers and Rockies have a doubleheader. First game is currently going on, or I think is about to start. Let's see. Uh, it's already started, and the Rockies are up 3 0 in the top of the sixth. Uh, second game is going to be starting at 840. 
Guardians at Reds at 610. Nationals at Orioles at 635. Royals at Tigers at 640. Pirates at Phillies at 640. Blue, Yankees at Blue Jays at 707. Rays at Red Sox at 710. Marlins at Mets at 710. Cubs at Braves, which will be Dansby, Swans, Dansby Swanson's first return to Atlanta since getting, since signing with the Cubs in the offseason at 720. A's at Twins at 740. Diamondbacks at White Sox at 740. Twin Cardinals at Brewers at 740. Rangers at Angels at 938. Padres at Giants at 945. Astros at Mariners at 1005. And that is it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you are new on audio, follow the podcast. Leave a review. Hit the notification button so I don't find when I go on live and I post a new video. If you are new on audio, follow the podcast. Leave a review. Hit the notification button so I don't find when I post on there. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And I will see you in next week's episode, episode 95. And we'll be the last one from here. Uh, as after next week's episode, I will be back out of Israel for some time. Bye.